Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. We've been looking at this series over the last four weeks now, if you're new with us. um, We've been looking at how through the coming of Christ, heaven meets earth. Um, it was not just a baby born, and there's some songs that we sing, but literally heaven has come and met earth, and it's changed everything. And so we've been looking at that over the last few weeks, and this morning we're going to continue in that. So I want to read, I want to start in John chapter 1. This is where we're going to be today um, for a little bit. But John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, and then we're going to read 9 through 13 as well. Um, if you don't have a Bible, the one in the pew in front of you is yours to keep. Um, but we also have it on the screen. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, has come into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I love that passage. Something unique about um, John's gospel, where Matthew, Mark, and Luke start off with our typical nativity story. We see uh, little bits and pieces kind of between those three of Mary's story, Joseph's story, the wise men, the shepherds, the stories that you know and love, the ones that you gather around, uh, the live nativity scenes, and, and you celebrate, you put little figurines. Like, how many different nativity scenes exist today? Like, I've seen them where they're all bears. I've seen them where they're all Mickey Mouse Disney characters. I've seen, like, any kind of nativity scene you want. Like, we... We typically think of that. But John doesn't start off his gospel at all by talking about those parts of the birth of Christ because Matthew, Mark, and Luke have already written those things. John writes with a very different perspective, and he simply comes out by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he he starts saying about how Christ has come as light. He was the Word of God in the flesh on the earth. John is trippy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I love John. He's a little bit trippy. And the imagery that he paints here is beautiful. I, I remember when I, um, when I first came to Scranton. Um, how many of you guys are from Scranton? Just curious. How many of you guys moved here, relocated here? Okay, so we're like 50-50. All right, that's interesting. Um, so when I've moved here, I remember the first time driving in on 81 and driving across, like, over the valley and seeing the lights at night. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? The lights of the valley at night. It's amazing. And I remember the first time I saw that, my heart just started like beating, like, this is the place I want to go. Like, this is my city. See, lights, lights show life, okay? And life is beautiful. There's something that draws us in. And, and something about lights in the contrast of the surrounding darkness is always beautiful. Like, no one looks at the stars at night. How many of you guys like looking at bright stars? Just curious. Like, like that's something you enjoy doing. Like, you're one of those people. Like, I, I, in Scranton, you don't really get to see a lot of that because 
the city, but you go out to like Martin's house, you can see the stars. But nobody ever looks at the sky when they see the stars and say, man, look how dark the sky is tonight. What do we say? We say, look how bright the stars are, don't we? We notice the light. We notice that thing that shines out in the darkness. We notice that that's something. We are a people who are obsessed with light. We love light. We like it, especially at Christmas time. Everybody's got their lights out, right? Like, how many guys are just curious have been to the Peckville House of Lights or whatever it's called already this year? That thing's like, what, three years old, and it's become like a national tourist attraction, except for people who live in Peckville who are like, burn it down. Anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, like, I go there with my kids the last two years, and every time I get in the car, I'm like, I'm going to do that to my house. I never do that to my house. It costs a lot of money. How many people's electric bills just go through the roof because of Christmas lights on the front porch? Like, I always want to do that, but I don't do it. I'm not spending $350 on an inflatable snowman. Like, it's just, like, I'm, I, I want to do what they're doing, but I don't do what they're doing. But there's something that draws us in. I see a lot of you guys are nodding your head looking at your spouse like, I can't believe you spent that money. He just said it. You bought that thing. It's going to be out for a month, and then it's going to go in the basement, and it's going to get rotted. Anyway, it's, sorry, it's a whole other story. See, John, John skips... John skips the whole detail thing because one's already been written, but two, because he wants us to know that the world was incredibly dark and true light has come. And we are people who need light. We are drawn into the light. And Christ has come. And he tells us in John that the light came, true light came in Christ. And the world, his own people, did not receive him, even though he was there with them. And whoever did receive him, they became sons of God. Like, that's what happens when we walk into the light. See, John skips the birth of the story. He simply wants us to know that Christ has come into a world covered in darkness. That we were, we were completely dark, and Christ has brought true light. See, in, in darkness, you, you can't see around you. You can't see who you are. How many of you guys have ever been in the bathroom at night and tried to look in the mirror and the light's off? Like, you can't see anything, right? How many of you guys have ever had, like, a blackout where you're, like, trying to see your hands? Like you, you can't see who you are in darkness. You also can't see where you've been in darkness. You don't know what you've come from. You don't, you, you don't know where you just were, and you definitely don't know where you're going. Walk around your house at night when the lights are off. Like, you don't know exactly where you are. You might have an idea. You might have a guess. But you don't know where you just come from. You don't know where you're going. You guys track with me this morning. See, darkness blinds us to the reality of our situation. We can't see who we are. We can't see where we've been. We can't see where we're going. And John says the whole world was in darkness, stumbling around, trying to figure this thing out, trying to figure out what life was about, trying to figure out meaning and purpose and, and, and how to relate to one another, how to, how to achieve some sort of salvation, how to connect with God. We were completely confused and fumbling around with bits and pieces and clues that we could pile up together. And John says we were all in darkness. You guys tracking with me this morning? We were dark. Darkness. See, from the beginning of time, God has desired for us to live in complete light and awareness of him and his love for us. That's why if you look in Genesis and you see Adam and Eve, they're walking with God. It's a beautiful garden. God says, let there be light, and there was light. And he called it good, right? He separates darkness from night. He creates day and night. He gives mankind a place to see each other and to see him. And then sin creeps in, and our hearts are corroded, and darkness creeps into the way we see things, right? Right? Sin began to break this thing down. 
God has always desired that we see him clearly, that we walk with him, that we know him, and that we see all of life clearly. But the enemy confused us, and we bought into sin, and, and chaos started. See, we naturally desire for chaos to stop and clarity to be in our lives, right? We want clarity. We want peace. We want to know truth. People are pursuing truth all the time. It's, it's what we do. We go after it, and we're stumbling around us humanity for generations and, and just trying to put the pieces together. And John says that Christ came, he was born, and he was light on the earth. And if we receive him, we become children of God. John also says in chapter 8, verse 12, he says, and this is Jesus speaking. And again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in verse 19, after the, the Pharisees begin to question him, because they're always questioning him, they're the ones who don't receive the light. They're the ones who are, got their pieces and their darkness, and they're trying to do it on their own, their little religious system that they made up. They don't receive Christ, and they begin to question him about who he is. And this is what Jesus says, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. See, God has always wanted to reveal himself to us. He's always wanted us to walk in clarity and in light. And darkness came in, and Jesus says to those with the religious spirit, those who are trying to keep their own system together, re rejecting Christ, Jesus says, you don't know the Father. You think you know the Father, but if you've received me, you know the Father. See, when we receive Christ, when we, when we go after him, when we know him, we know the Father as well. We walk in light then. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. That's a promise. It says you will have the light of light. So that when we follow Christ, we walk in clarity. We don't walk in confusion. We, the other thing about Christ is that when we follow him, when we know him, we know who we are then. We can see ourselves clearly. When we're not following him, we walk in confusion and, and doubt about ourselves, and, and we feel separated, we feel worthless, we feel sometimes prideful and arrogant. So either we become our own God or we become this miserable worm in existence. That was my voice, by the way, extra breath in the microphone here. It was for emphasis purposes. We, we, we struggle with this, but Christ came so that we could see who we truly are. We are children of God, deeply loved children of God. That's, that's my current reality. Somebody say amen on that. Like that was, that's, your, that's your current reality. See, when we see Christ, when we see the love of God, we, we, uh, we naturally are drawn into it. We, we naturally go to that places, those places. Actually, let me say this. We don't naturally. We supernaturally go into him. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, God awakens something in our hearts, and we are drawn into his presence. Just the same way that when I see a light show down the street, I want to do that as well. When I see Christ, the Holy Spirit awakens something in me, and I become like that. See, in Matthew chapter 5, the same Jesus who says, I am the light of the world, says this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He's telling his followers, not only am I the light of the world, but you're following me. You are the light of the world. So when I see a light display and I want to do it, the Holy Spirit says, you've just seen the light of Christ. You do this as well. You light up the world around you. Jesus says that we are now the light of the world. 
In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes to the church there, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Paul tells the church there, you were darkness. Not that you were in darkness, not that you had darkness around you, but you yourselves were darkness. That's very intense, isn't it? Like you were the problem. (laughs) You were the issue. But now that you've seen Christ, that you've received him as the Son of God, the reflection of the Father, as his sacrificial, pure lamb for us, if you've seen that, now you are the light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. As a, as a believer, as somebody living in light of the reality of Christmas, I have to realize that he came as light. He has brought the light of truth to us. And now that I've received him, I must model him. I must reflect him. I must glow after him. Does that make sense? I, I, I'm, I told you John's trippy, so some of this language might be a little bit trippy this morning for you. Like he's, He left and he said we're all light. That's what the gospel says. We're the light of Christ. I am no longer the darkness covering the earth. I am the light on, in the earth because I have received Christ. And that's the same reality for you too. Let me, let me clarify this. Um, I think what we've done uh, in church history is we've created, even the stage does the same thing. I, I what we've done is we've created this church laity clergy divide where somehow the pastors are the light of the world, the pastors of the evangelists, the pastors are the disciple makers, and the church people are the people who like pay the bills and sit in the pews. That's completely inaccurate, just so you know. The gospel has put us on this playing field where we are all disciples of Christ, but then we see in the New Testament that he picks people to lead the disciples together. Okay, so when I say that I'm the light of the world, I mean, if you're a believer, if you say that I'm a Christ follower, you are the light of the world as well. Does that make sense? This message is for all of us, that if I've seen him, if I read John's word, that he was the word made flesh dwelling among us, and he became the light for man, and the others did not receive him, and those who do receive him become children of God, that's something for me to grasp, that's something for you to grasp this morning. See, what it, what it says later on in verse, I think, in verse 9 of uh, Ephesians 5, it says that light is good, just, and true. Good, just, and true. All these things can be found in the redemptive work of Christ. He is our good shepherd without any fault. He's perfect. There's nothing dark in him. There's nothing wrong in him. He's, he's just because his justice was on full display when he paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. There was no sin that went unpunished. It all was absorbed in Christ in his death and burial and resurrection. He died so that we wouldn't have to. Justice was completely met in the light of Christ. And he's true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything he taught and he modeled was to bring truth to us. I was talking the other week about how Jesus came and he brought a completely different kingdom. Herod had a kingdom that he was going after of of power and the sword and violence. And Jesus said, that's not my kingdom. Here's a truth that you need to know. The kingdom of God doesn't look like that. The kingdom of God is laid down your sword, Peter. Stop hacking at ears and follow me. Jesus tells the disciples, you're not going to lord over each other like the Gentiles do. It's not how we work. It's a different kingdom. 
Jesus always brought truth to his disciples. Everybody who asked him questions got a response of truth that brought the kingdom of heaven, heaven's perspective, onto the earth. Isn't that amazing? Like, to me, as somebody who loves Jesus, that just excites me because I know every time I go in here, I'm going to find a new depth of truth that I'm looking for. We want truth. Jesus is the light. He reveals truth. He reveals what's real. A couple uh, years ago, I was backpacking. It was my first backpacking trip I've ever been on. I've been on a lot since. I I love hiking. Um, And I I had to take a class in college. It was a hiking class. I know, it was one credit, it was super difficult. Um, that was a joke. Academically, it was really tough. Um, but I, it was either that or bowling, and I picked hiking over rolling a ball and hitting pins. Um, so we were in the woods, and we had completely mistimed our first day. And I had uh, a headlamp on, and we were looking for a shelter. And we knew that along the trail, there would be a sign somewhere, a, a small sign. Tra- signs on the trail aren't like big, bright signs. They're, they're like pieces of wood with like painting on it. Um, and we're hiking, and we knew that there would be a shelter, and it got dark. And we're stumbling up a mountain in the dark in the woods uh, with headlamps. And so I told my friend, hey, you look to the left, and I'll look to the right, and we'll find this sign, right? And so we're hiking, and I just happened like to get a little skeptical. I mean, there's a little bit of like that personality in me that's like, I don't trust this dude. He's going to get us lost. It won't be me who gets us lost, right? It's going to be him. But I'm getting panicky. And I just happened to, like, look over his way, and I'm like, dude, you missed the sign. It's right there. I think that was the Lord giving me wisdom in that moment. But I can tell you that when I found the sign in the darkness, my heart was excited. Like, I felt like all my anxiety, gone. You guys know what I'm talking about. There was another time I was hiking a mountain, and we ran out of water. It was another situation where we were way too late of starting. And we ran out of water. It's the middle of July, and, and we're going up a mountain in the dark. I can tell you how happy I was when I found our shelter and found the fresh spring right there at the shelter. Life in the midst of darkness. There's something about when you find where you need to be in the midst of a dark world that fills you with light. And Jesus is saying, hey, look, I'm the light. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm, I'm the life. I'm everything you need in a world surrounded with chaos, surrounded with brokenness, surrounded with, with fighting and conflict. And I mean, you guys are going to to be with family, right? How many of you guys, you don't have to raise your hands, how many of you have a situation where you're like, yeah, it's going to be weird when I go to that, that Christmas dinner because that person doesn't like that person and if they say this, it's going to be chaos, right? Like, you're, you're just, t- nobody's, nobody's, you guys have the greatest families apparently because <laughs> nobody nods their head um, or you're the problem probably. <laughs> anyway, um, I shouldn't have said that out loud. But everybody has that family situation we live in a world of co- co- conflict and confusion and like, I shouldn't bring that up. What if I bring this up? Oh, and, a psh, and you always have that one, that one family member who brings up the thing every time. And you're all looking at them like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Like, we have the world that some people love the conflict because it's all they know. All they know is fighting and, and, and fighting for their own sense of purpose, fighting for their own sense of justice or their own sense of truth. And Jesus says, I've come to bring peace. I've came to bring true truth. I've, I came to bring reality to you. It's, it's in those places that Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light. This morning we were singing, so the last song we sang, it said, Sinner, wait no more. Love has broken the silence. Love has broken the silence. 
I don't know if you're aware of this, but in, there's a gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament is where Jesus comes into the picture fully, right? There was 400 years of silence where the, nothing was written. No prophecies were spoken. It was just silence. For generations, they had been hearing prophetic words about the coming Messiah. And then it's silence. Silence. And then Jesus comes in. God is love and Christ is the model of Jesus. Christ is light. Christ is love. And he's come in and he's broken the silence in our world. Do you ever, you ever, um, you ever like have one of your, either your spouse is sleeping or one of your kids are sleeping and you just flick on all the lights? And like, oh, right? Like that's, like that's what Christ did. Like literally Christ did that to us. Like God says, hey, everything's dark for a while because when I come, they're going to have to take, they're going to notice this. They're either going to reject it and go back to darkness, put the blankets over their heads and pretend I don't exist or they're going to fully embrace it and get up. That's what Christ did to the world. Christmas was him, was God saying, hey, here I am. Look at me. Now now you can truly see. What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with the light? We were all in darkness. Children of light is only possible in Christ. John 15 and John, same, same gospel, John. He's, Jesus is recorded as saying, abide in me. Because without me you bear no fruit. Like in me you bear fruit, right? And we, we are only true light. We are only truly love on the earth if we are abiding in Christ. Because Christ is light. And when we are in Christ, when we are focused on Christ, when we look to Christ, we become light. We bear fruit. We bring change. We bring life. We bring hope, like Ben was talking about. I really think this is key. I think Mike's going to be speaking about that a little bit next week. This is key for this next year. We have a city full of hopelessness, don't we? we nobody agrees. You guys are just like, yeah, I'm pretty hopeful. Okay, good. You guys are. But the city has been so pessimistic since I moved here, at least. Like, it's like, oh, this city's terrible, bro. We're all going to get away someday. No, like, we just need to bring Christ. Like, the hope is on the horizon. Like, Christ has come so that we can abide in him and bring light. I want to ask this morning, spiritually, when are we going to stop driving the two lights and start being light to our family? To our neighbors. See, light is good, it's righteous, it's true. Light is beautiful. And we have a responsibility here to respond to Jesus, to respond to his coming and say, Am I going to be like him on the earth, in my family, at my work, the places where I'm frustrated, where there's darkness all around? Am I going to bring hope? Am I going to bring truth? Am I going to bring Christ to that situation? Or am I just going to show up on Sunday morning, look at light, and then say, yeah, that was nice. I'll come back next week and see it again. We have a responsibility. Stop looking at light. Be light. Be light. We get to be that because of Christ. You guys still good with me this morning? You all right? First John, we're going to stick with John's this morning. First John chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. John writes this. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother and abides in the light, abiding in Christ, abides in the light, 
and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Worship team, would you come forward? That passage is John writing to us. He says, a new commandment I'm writing to you, which is true in him. Darkness is passing away. Light is already shining. If you hate your brother, you're not in light. If you have love, you're in light. This morning, I want to ask, most of you are very familiar faces. I've seen before, and you've been in church. Um, you know Christ. You, you know the, the story of the gospel, most of you. I, I know that. But I want to remind you that this season isn't just something where we package gifts and we do our traditions. This season is a reminder. It's a wake-up call. Actually, in Ephesians, I was going to re- read Ephesians, um, the rest of that passage, where he actually quotes, I think it's Isaiah. He says, wake up, O sleeper. Like, literally, we are in this place, this Christmas, we are asked to remember that Christ is light to the world and that we are children of light if we are in him. And it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to remember who we are, remember that we bring hope, we bring truth, we light up darkness. We don't run from it. We are the ones that shine bright. So that when we're in a crowded room full of dark, broken, confusion, and, and sin, people should look and see us standing out and be drawn toward us. That's what we get to do because we are abiding in Christ. I've literally had this happen where I've been at my job and I've had people come to me and say, hey, something's different. Hey, tell me about this. Tell me about that. I've literally had a person that I just met, never spoke to, come to me and say, hey, you're, you're a Christian, aren't you? That was like one, I, I was super confused at first and then I was really excited because it meant I was, I was abiding in Christ that day. I don't get it right all the time, believe me. I don't. I, I've joked before about the first time my mailman came to my door and he handed me the mail, and he's deaf, but he was able to communicate with me, and he said, your mail says Gettysburg. Why did you move to Scranton? He's another one's like, boo, Scranton. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. We started a church here. And he goes, you look like that, and walked away. I'm like, I have no idea if that was good or bad. I, I don't know. I wasn't wearing this weird sweater that day, so it was, it was just a normal, a normal day. And, but, but I truly do believe that when we receive the, the message of Christmas, it's not, it's, I mean, I was standing, I th- I've said this the other week, I was standing in line at Walmart on uh, Black Friday waiting to look at the movies that they were going to offer for a discount. Anyway, and the people behind me were arguing, the true meaning of Christmas is it's better to give than to receive. No, no, it's not. There's a lot of great messages during Christmas and and all of our favorite Christmas movies will have some good heartwarming message. But the true message of Christmas, the true message of the season is that heaven has met earth. It's brought light to a dark world and we get to be carriers of this light. That's the meaning of Christmas. That Christ has come and forgiven us of our sins and he now calls us sons and daughters. He says, I'm adopting you as mine. I love you. You are my my dearly loved children. That's who you are. That's the reality of Christmas. So can we take that? 
Can we go out and be that in our workplaces, in our families, in, in your stressful situations? And I want to remind you, if you have unforgiveness against one of your brothers or sisters, which is everybody, just in case you don't know, if you have hatred in your heart toward them, then John's message reminds us you are still walking in darkness. You are still walking in your own sense of justice, and you're not walking as children in light. Let me remind you to get over yourself and look at the light. Take the covers off your face. Look at him. He's beautiful, and he's going to change you, and it's good, and you'll be able to see truth. You'll be able to see where you've been, where you're going, and who you truly are in him. That's what I want for me. I don't want confusion. I hate confusion. I hate darkness. Unfortunately, many in our society have claimed to be receivers of this light and they have walked in a former kingdom in a different way of justice, in a different source of truth. And what they've modeled is this weird religion that has hatred and unforgiveness and bitterness and and political control and, and power control and all these other things that are garbage. And Jesus is like, that's not my kingdom. Unfortunately, we live in a response, in an age where people confuse the true light with this other broken thing. I want to remind you that Jesus is not that broken thing. He is good. Does that make sense this morning? We have a responsibility. I really do believe this. Because we live in this like weird post-religion society um, to redeem the message of the gospel, to clarify what it truly is. Because there's been a Christianity, a religion, that's gone around that's just full of garbage, Right? It's full of brokenness. And so what has happened is generation after generation has met and encountered this broken system, this broken, you know, depravity in the church and abuse in the church and, and that Christian down the street who's just thumping their Bible but doesn't love anybody, right? Like that, they've encountered that. I, 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 um, we, have a, we have a response to redeem that message. You ever, you ever feel like you got tricked into something and like they tried to sell you something that wasn't true? I feel like, we, like there's been a lot of that Christianity happening. Like, I, I remember watching a movie as a kid. I think, I think it was The Little Rascals, right? The man, come see the man-eating chicken. And everybody, like, lines up to see the man-eating chicken, and it's really just a man eating chicken. Like, like that's what we've done. Like, people are like, yeah, I'm not going to go see that Christian scam because I know that guy down the street. I, I want to challenge you this morning. Receive the true light of Christ and realize the gospel is not a scam. The gospel is beautiful. The gospel is life-changing. Grace is amazing. That I was once alienated and hostile and separated, but because of the cross, because of his great grace, he's brought me in and called me sons and daughters, and now I get to be that on the earth. God is good. Christ is good. Would you stand with me this morning? John reminds us that darkness is in the world, but I love that he says darkness has not overcome it. There's plenty of darkness in the world, but darkness has not overcome light. Darkness has not overcome the world. Christ is here. This morning I want to ask you, how bright are the stars? How, how bright are we? How bright are you? Do people look at you and see Christ in you? Do they see his light in you? 
have you looked at Christ? If you have not received Jesus as your hope, I want to encourage you to re-examine Christ again. Look at him. He's good. Everything that was promised about him, he fulfilled. And he continues to fulfill it in us. He's the hope that the world needs. Let's worship one more time. Thank you.